Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of Femfag and Negress. We have our Femfag. Hello. And we have our Negress. Hey. So what have we been up to? Well, um, you can go first. Okay, well I moved <laughs> to Glasgow. Um, it's I've been there for a month now. Mm-hmm. Hence why there was a, a little break in between both episode, between episode 9 and episode 10. But um, yeah, getting accustomed to the literal constant rain. It... I think it's literally rained every day since I've been there. I did warn you. It's been every day. Like yeah. I've went through several umbrellas because this isn't just like <laughs> this isn't just like drips. This is like torrential. It's full on torrential rain every single day of the week. And yeah, I, there have been days where like I've been wearing eyeliner at the start of the day and at the end of the day I haven't been wearing eyeliner. So you haven't invested in waterproof eyeliner or mascara not, as yet not as yet as yet but i will now okay. i know you can't live in glasgow with a non-waterproof situation i'm gonna need setting sprays i'm gonna need the works <laughs> just to yeah um i grew up in glasgow so i know how crazy it is and i actually don't like that's one thing that when people are like oh you're gonna move back to glasgow it's actually heavy on my mind like i'm like okay if i do move to glasgow i'll have to live that soaking wet life again yeah i do feel a little bit like i have trench feet most of the time but i mean the thing is what i will say is when i arrived back in dundee a few days ago it was a lot colder here it felt really cold Uh, i don't know people say that to me and i just think that's actually not true like i feel like glasgow's colder no honestly like it was it was wet but it was slightly warmer when i got into here it was like actual winter weather and i was like oh Oh, you mean like it was like icy? Like it was kind like, of like icy and yeah, and, and sl- I would definitely say it quite a bit colder. But well, I think it's the cloud cover thing. So let's say if it's like a proper winter day here, there'll be like no cloud cover, so it's icy as fuck. But then in Glasgow, there's loads of cloud cover because there's always rain. Yeah, I think I so do you're think actually it's actually warmer. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I would like the occasional day where there's no rain. I mean, if you're wearing a ten out of ten outfit, but then you're covering it with coats and like. Your umbrella, there's there's rain. Yeah, but then your coat game, your coat game has to go up several notches. That no, that this is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah. yeah, I see your point. Coats, scarves, gloves—they all have to look no, ten out of ten. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I definitely say, I know. This is I'm I'm learning to accustom. Yeah. To my new lifestyle now, <laughs> now that I'm worlds away in from that, where I used in that dreary place that we call Glasgow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I I went to Brazil for ten days in November and that's also another reason why we didn't have an episode and that was mental yeah <laughs> it was like really really intense and uh, no, it was really great but it was also just like the one of the most intense experiences I've had in a very long time um and I'm just trying to process it still but um I went to the Women of the World Festival in Rio de Janeiro and then went to Fera Preta Festival in Sao Paulo and I actually showed my artwork at this place called the Institute Moreira de Salas which is this huge art institute in Sao Paulo Um, met a lot of amazing people had some really good times but also had some pretty you know like just having to confront like the reality of like slavery history and stuff like that in a place where it actually happened like that's pretty intense and then also just um the actual Women of the World Festival was amazing because there was just so many women from all around the world like just doing incredible things and getting to see them and, you know, meeting the people who actually run it and everything like that as well. Um, 
I got to meet Rennie Edel-Lodge, who uh, wrote Why I'm No Longer Speaking to White People About Race. And she came to my talk. I was like, oh my God. She was very chill. And everybody just that was around us in that whole time was just like really incredible, really cool people. And then I came back to Scotland and was like, how do I like get on with life now? It's a bit weird. Like it's mm. like really strange when you've been in a place where it's like shit's real like really real there as in like their um current political situation's nightmarish and then like coming back home and being so safe and then realizing like how easily that can change you know and like so yeah I think that um I I would I don't know if I would go back to Rio because that was quite a intense place but I think I'd go back to Brazil again at some point but I don't know I don't know when would be safe to go back yeah. at this point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Brazil's also massive. It is so, huge, yeah. Absolutely yeah. 600 huge. million people. I think people don't realise that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we were speaking with one of your one of your friends as well that you did a... An, did you do like a sort of exchange with... Like it was like a... You went to visit her in Brazil and then she came to visit you in Scotland. Oh, no, no. It was the weirdest thing ever. Like, so I went to this place called Aparelo Luzia which is this really wonderful like black run um, Afro-Brazilian run space and it's like for artists, creatives, etc. And the there's a woman there who like runs it who is the first ever black trans woman to be elected into Congress in Sao Paulo. And we met her and this other woman uh, who also runs it, had this amazing time talking to them, went to her birthday party. Um, the woman's name is Erica, but I can't remember her surname. So I'll try and remember that for later. But, like, we literally had this amazing time with them. Then I came to Glasgow and went to do a dance class that was being put on by this um, organisation called Project X that a few of my friends run. They teach people, like, um, African traditional dance, but also contemporary dance as well. Um, <coughs> they put on this dance class at CCA, and the woman who was putting the dance class on was best friends with the people that I was I met in Sao Paulo at Aparelo Luzia and worked at Aparelo Luzia in Sao Paulo. Is, do you know what's so strange? I was just saying <laughs> Brazil's huge. There's six hundred million people and yet you met you meet like a handful of people and they mm-hmm. happen to know each other. It that, doesn't even make any sense. That makes it? absolutely no sense. Yeah. But, but then also this is the thing, like I'm like because I'm a lot more in tune with my intuition and spirituality and all that kind of stuff, I'm not surprised by this kind of shit anymore. Like, people talk about the coincidences and all that. I'm like, there's no coincidences in life, you know? It's like, that's... Things, that's things, are, just... things happen the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm, exactly. Interesting. But yeah. Interesting. You were saying that she, you know, it was kind of like an exchange thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, no, but that's the thing. Um, yeah, no. Um, so, I met with... Um, a collective that Sakai is a part of called Yon Afro. And I also met this girl from Brazil that you had had met also. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Anna Beatrice Almeida. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> she um, yeah, she was a very interesting person. Um, very sort of switched on, very into like um, African spirituality. So there was a lot of like really cool conversations that happened. But yeah, there wasn't really a point to the story, but... <laughs> yeah i met her yeah, that but, happened but it was also quite cool because that day i was just like gonna meet you anyway and then like they were ha- they just finished the dance class for that day and like um my friend basola and i had missed it but we really wanted to meet her so like we just like bumped into them all at the cca and then she was like hey come up and have dinner 
And then she made this amazing dinner for us that was like really like basic stuff. It was just like some broccoli, some potatoes, some tomatoes, like a little bit of, you know what I mean? Like really like very simple stuff. It all cost her 11 pounds. We ate that that night. And then like Basol and I went back to my place. This was after midnight. So this was like from 3 p.m. till midnight. We were sitting like having this amazing chat and food and everything. <clears throat> and she fed seven people with 11 pounds worth of food from like i think from tesco or something yeah and then the next day basal and i went to that dance class and like did all of this intense dancing with her and hadn't eaten anything at all and then at 5 p.m we were done with the dance class and we were fine like we weren't like tired dizzy anything we were fine i was like you fed us at like 4 p.m. yesterday and like we've we've gone like a day without food and we're actually totally fine and we're like you're magic (laughs) (laughs) you're literally magic um but yeah so it was really cool um but just generally um going to brazil and coming back has been quite uh you know when like you have a trip and it's just like kind of like life-changing you're trying to figure out how to like process and trying to just get on with life um and obviously because there's women of the world much like my trip to corfu at six years old <laughs> with my family the yeah. karaoke and the ice cream bar changed my life yeah i think they were very very similar holidays really similar yeah. like really the summer because yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say like um we got like another wee shout out from women of the world perth yeah um, yeah and he has and he had told like, me through my my trip as well so there's gonna be a, i think a little bit more kind of uh work that i'll be doing with women of the world like, i'm like where are the shouts out from the like the bigger women of the world festivals it's like perth i see you <laughs> but um some further exposure would be lovely. <laughs> well, it's like, thing is, it's the only one that's happening in Scotland, so... That's true. Obviously, like, um, it's amazing that they're even doing it and it's, that it's happening in, in a place like Perth where a lot of these conversations about, like, women's rights are kind of, I suppose, a bit more tentative. It's not as kind of, like, radical. Yeah. Well, that's um, the thing. I, I do think as well Perth, for me, is quite a strange place because yeah. it's, like, it, it elects Tory um, politicians. It's just a really strange place and there's like quite a lot of poverty there but it's kind of hidden away like when you walk it looks the center is quite polished and looks sort of quite well to do and could almost be compared to somewhere like edinburgh or st andrews but then as soon as you kind of walk 45 meters any in any given direction it starts to become a bit like kid adulthood so it's for me it's perth is a (laughs) well maybe not quite but it's it's I find Perth to be quite a strange place. But I think that's like is that not quite Scotland in general? Like how the we kind of hide poverty quite like weirdly. Yeah. And, and it's just when you see a place like Perth, it's a little bit more pronounced because it's like such a kind of it's considered such a posh place. Yeah. But there are obviously people who are not. It's so not somewhere I'd want to live. But um, mm-hmm. like one of my friends was dating this guy until fairly recently and um basically i thought he was an asshole but um they ended up breaking up and i remember me and one of my one of one of our mutual friends of to this person mm-hmm. we were saying the worst thing is that he made her live in perth <laughs> because th- this person lived in perth because they were dating mm-hmm. and i was like that was probably one of the worst things that that they, they did to her is this someone i know yeah Okay, I feel like I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, but I don't want to like spell it out or. Yeah, like... but also like, I'm I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that situation <laughs> happened. Yeah, because he was a shit. Um, yeah. But anyway, 
Um, okay, so we're gonna um, move on to our cocktail of choice, which I feel like we're on our third cocktail already. Well, but we'll we'll yeah. <laughs> we'll maybe uh, lead with the most exciting. We were having white Russians, and I don't know because you haven't seen the Big Lebowski, so it doesn't really make sense to you. But the toes. Name, the name of the drink is the toe. It's or toes, plural. Um, so in the film The Big Lebowski, there's something to do with a toe. If you know the film you know what i'm talking about and uh, there's a place in glasgow and edinburgh called lebowski's and that the, the lebowski's is literally one of the closest bars to my house if, really? is, there, is there one it's only in the south side in yeah i think Polk there's Shields. only one in glasgow and then there's one in edinburgh it's literally uh probably like the closest bar to my house well you it's should go so close by yeah i wonder if they do vegan um uh, like vegan toes I hope so. Yeah, because you should pop in. Yeah. But basically, and not all they sell is white Russians, but the majority of their cocktails are white Russians because. I wonder if I took even if I took soy milk and was like, "Hey, hon, just bring it with you. Give me the toes." I'm sure they do have soy milk and they like, probably do milk and stuff. Um, but yeah, so like the majority of the drinks that they sell are white Russians because the Big Lebowski is like obsessed with white Russians, and then they have this drink called the Toe, and it's a mint choc chip white Russian. Well, I'll need we're to... having vegan ones though, so don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, vegan gang. <laughs> don't, don't attack us. Don't worry, vegan gang. <laughs> <laughs> vegan gang. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's they, they're really tasty, but they're like completely lethal, like every other cocktail. That I do want another one. Partner, make. we'll get one soon. It's I'll fine. get I'll get them to make another one. <laughs> snap, snap. Make us a cocktail. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we haven't done the deconstruct the look. Oh, oops. Um, okay, well, okay, so tell me, Sakai, what are you giving us this week? Um, I feel like <laughs> you can do this one. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like you're kind of giving me, like, effervescent, dripping in crystals, you know, just masquerading around, yeah. you know, at a bowl. Can't see me, can't see me. <laughs> I'm hidden. It's like in The Incredibles where they're, like, wearing a mask, and it's uh -huh. like, who is it? And then it's like they take off a mask and it's like, oh, it's you. But it's like, what was that mask hiding? Uh, just, Other than just like the top three millimeters, like literally three millimeters like of your skin. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, who is it? <laughs> I watched The Incredibles 2. Oh, it's so good. On the flight to Brazil. That's a bougie ass flight. I know. And I was like, I can't believe this film is available for me to watch right now. Oh my god! It was. Do you know what? Incredibles two isn't a children's film. It's just a regular ass film. Oh, it's amazing! It is so good. I've seen. I've. I've. I've seen. I went to see it in the cinema and was blown away. Yeah, like it's better than the first. It is better than the I first. I want to see it again. Like now. It's so good. See Stop the, the podcast. We're watching. So, yeah, we're gonna watch it. No, but the thing about it is the, it's all the powers that the baby has. Ah, oh, it's I know. so cute. I know. And also, your amazing. bestie could never. <laughs> Bestie could never. Your bestie could never. Yeah. Um. One up Jack Jack. Mm -hmm. So nice. You got to say it twice. But yeah. But yeah. No, it was really good. Um. So that was probably the highlight of my trip was watching. Yeah. The, the flight there. The flight back was terrible, and the entire trip. I almost died on the flight. Did I tell you this? No. Okay. So this is. <clears throat> I'm not proud of this, but this is also how I know I'm allergic to to red wine and why I shouldn't be drinking it now. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So, okay. Um, I was on the flight and you know how you really shouldn't actually drink alcohol when you're flying 
People don't really talk about this, but I like, didn't know that was the thing. I've never ever travelled and not been drunk. Yeah, everyone gets drunk when they're flying, but like there's so many reasons why you shouldn't do that, right? And uh, one of them is that if you get quite dehydrated on your flight, you're you're in the air, so you're not really in a position if you can't get up and get a drink or if you can't get if you know what I mean. I was actually quite fucked. Like I'd had like one of those small glasses of wine with my dinner and then I'd like got a second one and you know how like they're just one bottle yeah and it just fills like one glass so I was like okay that's just like one glass of wine so then I had a second one but I didn't realize how little water I drank like the whole time so I was like really dehydrated and I was asleep and when I woke up I really needed to get up and go like to the loo. So I had to like get the guy because I was at the the window. I had to get the guy next to me to move. And I get up and as I'm getting up, I realize how drunk I am, how dehydrated I am and that the world is starting to get darker. <laughs> oh God, the light. <laughs> the light There's is starting, darkness everywhere. starting to recede. Oh. And I had that sparkly, like, you know, like cartoon, like dizziness you know oh yeah that specific one. that specific like cartoon like there are stars in front of my eyes so i'm like i'm dying mm. on this flight but i also don't really want to like draw attention to myself i mean for the for the first time in your entire life you're like <laughs> not in the mood for attention don't need to draw attention to myself at this moment so i like sort of sidle over to the to the not sidle i stagger to the <laughs> um to the toilets I'm just like standing there, like trying to pretend to be a normal person. Well, again, darkness is forming all around me because yeah. I'm, I'm fainting. <laughs> oh, that sounds rubbish. <laughs> right. And then I finally um, went to the toilet. Everything was fine. Sat there for like 20, 30 Did you minutes. at any point get water? No, because like, oh, okay. again, I'm fainting. So I wasn't like really in the right set like mindset to realize that water would have been all i needed to fix mm -hmm. the situation finally get back to my seat and then ask for water and then drank the water drank a ton more and then like fell back asleep and was fine but i could have died i mean i could legitimately have died <laughs> i mean that would have been rubbish yeah i mean you didn't yeah i was re i'm really scared of flying so when i like I'm on a plane, I try to blitz myself out with alcohol, and it's just yeah. I didn't drink enough water to. I actually that. feel really sorry for anyone I'm ever meeting at the end of a flight. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm meeting someone in another country, or you know, even just at the end of a train journey, <laughs> yeah, or at the end of you know as a short bus commute, at the end of any real traveling situation, because you get I get really drunk. Almost any time. Well, what I decided to do, I was quite strategic about it because it's an 11-hour flight. I was like, I am going to be fine by the time we get there if I drink this now. So I like totally like downed it now and then thinking like, I'll get to sleep and then I won't have to be awake thinking about death. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like what I think about the entire way through a flight as long as that. And I was fine. But it I, I did the Incredibles done. come before or after this? No, no, I watched the Incredibles. I think on the way. Oh, this is so, the way back. This is on the way back. So you didn't even have like a a good, you know, film to follow your near death experience. Um, no, but I think I what did I watch? I think I might have looked at a few minutes of um that Ocean's Eight film. 
which looked terrible. It was fine. You know, I, I mean, a lot of women love it um, because it's like, oh, it's so empowering. We can be criminals too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rob a bank. <laughs> hashtag just, girls being, no, girls supporting girls. It was, it's just so full of white privilege. Oh, it's I like hate it. actually painful. It's to like, watch. let's put Rihanna in it to like kind of balance out a bit, but like. Yeah. It doesn't. And it, like, what annoyed me the most is like, statistically, the people who are robbing places most are like white women. <laughs> they get True. away with it the most. We do. We do. Because <laughs> like, you can walk into places and people just assume that you're an honest person. So then you, no one watches you. Like, no one's like constantly fucking watching you. So like, um, yeah. Apparently, like the the crime, the highest like crime that like is done by white women, especially from when they're teenagers, is just shoplifting casually all the fucking time yeah i couldn't get away with that no you're black no i get followed yeah or just looked at you know like i just think i'm too i'm not inconspicuous enough yeah like i just think you're visible i'm visible (laughs) yeah i'm a visible member of any community and like this is the thing since i moved to glasgow i thought you know bigger city won't stand out Mm mm-hmm but I still I still get stared at a lot. And I'm like, not in like a necessarily malicious way, mm-hmm. but like I, I notice it and I'm like, oh, wow, I, I stand out here too. Yeah, but, but I, think, I think that's also to do with the fact that like, I suppose, I don't know what Glasgow's like. Glasgow's scene is very similar. Everyone seems to dress not exactly the same. No, it is actually, I do actually, I do kind of believe that <laughs> because you get like little tribes, mm-hmm. like you get the art school fags Mm -hmm. and they kind of wear their um they'll wear like a vest and like a bum bag and you know there's like variations of the same outfit and i see it a lot and i seen it in polo when i was there like a wednesday like a wednesday ago and then you get the um there's just variations of the same Mm -hmm. sort of thing but you do like also a get a lot of people with the same haircut. A lot of people with the same haircut. Yeah. It'll be like quite a straight cut. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's so funny. I went that to that fringe. That fringe, and it's not. It's girls, guys in between, whatever. They all get in the fringe cut. Um, and this is what's really interesting is I went to uh, there's this serve there's this queer bookshop in Glasgow in the south side called Category Is, and there's a service every Tuesday where you can get a haircut. Mm. Um, basically between three and nine you can go get your hair cut and it's like it's kind of you can either get like gender affirming ones so mm-hmm. for people that are trans or just like a general queer cut like yeah. very good it's like a barber but even like obviously um femme identifying or female presenting people can mm-hmm. also get like their you know sort of like i don't know whatever cut they fancy or um you know it's good for you know people that identify as more sort of like masculine they can get you know it's it's, yeah. it's basically just like a, a safe space for people to get like a queer cut mm-hmm. which isn't something i really thought about much yeah. before but I, it does make sense um and the the barber said to me you know i've done a lot of straight cuts today and i was like that doesn't really shock me yeah and they're like do you want a straight cut and i was like absolutely fucking not just- it's, it's just it's just a really annoying thing that i've noticed but it's like obviously it's it looks quite stylish. It's I actually stylish. don't hate it, I but like, it's a lot. It's very samey. I like it, but I'm so sick of it being everywhere. And also, the the thing is, people also wear the same clothes as each other in different variations. And those fucking white trainers need to fuck <sighs> off. I know those white, like ugly ass trainers that everyone wears. 
like everyone is um guilty of wearing those white ugly trainers with white like sports socks what else do they wear like and i do actually think that's probably why i stand out a little bit too because even within these sort of circles to be honest these are also the same type of people that actually embrace me quite a lot so i'm not even like you know attacking these people no, i no, think it's not, they, it's not I, I actually attack, like it's just an observation for me for me like the people who i gravitate towards in life like the more arty creative interesting people in glasgow i've noticed that they are they have a uniform and it's not like a bad thing they just kind of do and and so i stand out even amongst yeah the people that i like spend a lot of time with but that's also like i spend a lot of time with the more um like queer poc so we stand out by being (laughs) people of color anyway and like we have our own styles and we have our own like cultural markers that we bring into our our sort of like style as well so i think we stand out a little bit more or kind Mm -hmm. of a bit more a bit less homogenous because we're like you know at least there's something else going on yeah but i think even like people like to gravitate towards things Mm -hmm. that like act as a form it's like almost like a yeah like a uniform people have like their tribe Mm -hmm. and i think that's like i mean I, for a while, didn't think I had, like, a tribe, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. But um, I was hanging out with this guy, and he was like, you do, you're a feminine faggot, and mm-hmm. there's plenty of us. Like, mm-hmm. it is... I still, within the sort of art space, like, art, almost like the art school scene, I do fit in, yeah, and even though thing, I and look... And that's why so many people constantly are confused why you don't, like, haven't studied art or don't study art or are not going to study... Do you know what I mean? Like, people yeah. are always just like, so when are you going to... Like, if you haven't already like are you gonna do art at some yeah. point and it's just like by art school yeah. i mean the club but all right no i, I thought you meant just people because like, no, you no, sort no. of hang about with creatives like yeah yeah, yeah. Most, of the, most of the people i i, I tend to gravitate towards are quite creative mm-hmm. or they're or they're you know doing creative things mm-hmm. but um you know art, art school is like a, a club or a bar yeah. and it has like a sort of yeah a people there ha- do have a sort of uniform there are a lot there are plenty of people that really are doing their own thing but mm-hmm. i have noticed there's a bit of a uniform mm-hmm. and i do think that kind of comes from you know while people think they're not concerned with how they're being perceived they mm-hmm. obviously are because there's or do you know what, and a lot of it might just be a journey like i think people like cling- and a lot of people went to art school and there is an art school uniform whether people want to acknowledge that or not yeah, there is such an art school <laughs> uniform. And, you know, and this is, um, I, I think it, it started mostly in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know there was like a sort of places like Berlin and whatnot. There's a sort of uniform. And that's kind of really inspired a lot of like the art school uniform. And, you know, bum bags, white trainers, that whole aesthetic for me is just so, it's so overdone. It's for Do me, it's also kind of, not I'm fashionable. I'm so glad that we're done with. Like, I think we're not fully done with them, but it's the mum jeans. I'm like so glad that we're oh, moving see, away from the mum jeans. I love a mum jean. I've never had a pair. I've never worn them. Oh, I've always and I've always them. thought like, if I could pull it off, because I don't think I can pull it off, mm, but I don't see mum jeans for you. N- it's not going to happen for me. If you were going to do anything, but the, uh, some of the trousers you wear, you'd wear like almost oversized like sort of like suit trousers almost mm-hmm. and they almost have a mom jean fit yeah. like you'd wear them like really high-waisted and mm-hmm. they die and then you'd probably wear it in like quite a you it's almost like quite a masculine uniform mm-hmm. and you, you do that kind of thing but you've never yeah i've never seen you rock a mom jean nor could i imagine it, it like it's so weird that it's never, it's never yeah, i happened. could I, I just can't see it for you yeah 
don't know maybe maybe it's i think i'm trying to imagine you in like a sort of double denim mom jeans situation and i think you look like a cowboy yeah and not in a good way (laughs) i don't i don't see that for you but yeah no i I quite like a mom jean i don't know i don't really wear them i'm not saying i don't like them i'm just saying that i'm glad that we're moving away from the mom jean because it's like a little bit ott oversaturated yeah we were we were they were everywhere yeah they were getting kind of but i'm also i also want them to kind of fade out a little bit because anything that I really enjoy, I mm. don't want to get overexposed to. Yeah. So the mom jean is actually something I want to kind of die down a little bit mm-hmm. so I can still wear them yeah. because I'll get bored of it. But um, yeah, the the art school uniform for me is just not that exciting anymore. Nor was it ever really. But... It never was. And I, I went to art school and you could predict what kind of art people were going to make based on which kind of uniform they were wearing. And it, that that sounds bad, but it's just kind of an observation like how people would you'd get the fine artists that wear like really mismatched prints and like really intense like outfits that a lot of the time don't make sense together yeah and like very baggy very very baggy and and then you'll get the people that are maybe more sort of like art and media or like time what i don't know i'm trying to think of like media like art the, media i felt the, the biggest distinction was the designers versus the fine artists like you could see like who was doing design but like I design mean, it's like within, fringe it cuts and yeah. like but even within fine art like because fine art is huge like that's like probably the most people in our art school and it was like there is a certain guy who wears a certain outfit who does a certain kind of art and it's like really every year he exists, even though he's a different person every year, he still exists. Yeah. In each year. He makes work about boyhood and he yeah. is in every art school and he wears the same kind of hat. He wears a bit of flannel. Yeah, I know <laughs> this wears, person. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. I know like, loads of these person. But yeah, yeah. They, they exist in every year of every single art school. And do they wear like a sort of do they always wear a hat? They always wear a hat. They always wear f- like flannel, like you know, like a flannel shirt, and like um, yeah, I know this person and a baggy, a baggy black trouser. Yeah, and I know this person. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, dude, why do you exist in every art school? And then there's like always, <sighs> there's so many people who just they just keep on appearing in every art school every year, and you're like, I know what kind of art you make. Yeah. And then when you see it, you're like, holy shit, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's stop tearing into art school people. These are, do you know what? For, for, um, I went to art school. I have the right to take the piss out of my people. Yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> like, these are all people we like. It's just people we that like exist. Them. They just exist. They and exist. They exist in the same way. It's it like, does. One thing that frustrates me is, like, people people kind of ha- holding on to this idea of not being, quote, unquote, basic. Mm. But, like, these are usually the people that are the are actually adhering to a sort of uniform and you know a lot of the people that they would actually consider to be quote-unquote basic actually aren't but i don't know i think it's like it kind of feeds into this idea of them being like inherently complicated Mm. and complex and not simple but actually like people no no one there's nothing original about original about any of us Mm. you know we all get inspired by different things you know there are there are certain people that are less concerned about what people think and you know but essentially we all are in some respects, a bit basic because there are only so many. I mean, we all like Ariana Grande, so we're all a bit basic. Yeah, like let's be. <laughs> that is the common denominator between everyone. You get the art school fags; they love Ariana Grande. Yep. You get the pop moms; they love Ariana Grande. 
She is actually the common denominator between us all and a cheeky night at spoons. A cheeky night at spoons is like the it, common. It, it's, the common. It's like the. It's the leveler. It's what brings everyone together. Yeah. Whether or not you voted for Brexit or not, you probably <laughs> listened to Ariana Grande on your way to a night at spoons. Yeah. And that's okay. Except, well, I mean. Except most... for the fact that you voted Brexit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like talking about Ariana Grande, she's our what's popping at the moment. Yeah, she's, um, yeah, what's popping. Well, I mean, depending on when this goes out. I mean, do you know just the way that pop music moves? This might not even be relevant. In like I don't even care. Like, it, it, this song is is what's popping right now. It's popping. As we speak, what, this is what's popping. Um, we, we were watching the music video for Thank You Next and just reminiscing over the old... Uh, what, what, like they're not rom coms, they're they're teenage, like teenage films, yeah. Teenage... Coming of age films, yeah. I don't even know if coming of age is the is like the the term, but they're definitely part teen of my movies. Teen movies, yeah. yeah. And they're the best ones as well. So, yeah, she did well. Yeah, she references Bring It On. And she bring Mean Girls, Thirteen Going On Thirty, Clueless. Legally Blonde. Yeah, yeah, Clueless. All of the all of the iconic iconic films mm-hmm. trying to think if she met did she leave any out like are there any like seriously i feel like in terms of the ones she chose they're the best ones i do think they're pretty good i like, mean i can't think of another one that i'm like i feel like obsessed with she 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 was very specific 10 things i hate about you 10 things i hate about you she fucking left that one out yeah that would have been good that would have been i really wasn't good. sure maybe if romeo and michelle is just not of that era because i think it was no. about her coming of age and romeo and michelle kind of came before that yeah I loved I'm, I'm not going to put Romeo. Romeo Michelle is like good. A but... decade before. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. Yeah. So what do we think of um, Ariana Grande? I feel like she's a toddler. Yes. Who is like, we're supposed to find sexy. And that is scary to me. She just looks like a child and I can't cope with it. And I also know that I'm only four foot 11, which means that I'm about the same height as this woman. But she just looks so so tiny and yeah. it scares me and i heard that she likes to be carried around right first things first in people's arms listen like a baby. listen okay why <laughs> do you hate god sakai god was like let's make her so pocket size no 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 sakai why do you hate god well because god is a woman and she's ariana yes Grande. yes if god is a woman then god is literally beyonce let's not even god start is, god, god is non-binary god is yeah i right ariana grande has actually um addressed the whole carrying around god is things the feminine principle yeah <laughs> she's actually addressed this um idea about her being carried around and she kind of took the piss out of it it's not true she because she actually for a sort of skit video made people actually carry her around to take the piss she was like going to starbucks and was like right pick me up <laughs> and like gets carried into starbucks and she was like yeah and people need to carry me around because I'm really like she was just taking. It was I think it was for carpool karaoke. Okay. But yeah, it tad, better be a joke. No, it, I, I'm. It was a joke. Um, she's a tad bit like sort of lowly to girl mm-hmm. aesthetic, but I mean, she can't help that she looks like an infant. She really can, and it's upsetting. Like to look. I at. think she's allowed to be sex. Like I don't think it's wrong sexualizing Ariana Grande. She's an adult. I know she's an adult technically. Yeah. But she's also a baby in. In, in visual terms. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I Any- mean, okay. Let's say, let's say, for example, 
like you, she, you turned around tomorrow, like, and um, and she was like, actually, I'm 15. I wouldn't be surprised. That would not like. I mean, she has looked the same for like 10 years, so <laughs> I would be quite surprised because I was like, you weren't five then. Yeah, true. She, she's she's looked 15 for 10 years, so I think it's just a Mariah Carey moment. Do you know what I mean? I just think it's Mariah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Is this a Mariah Carey moment? Mariah Carey still looks young. No, she doesn't. Mariah Carey looks like a a stuffed doll. I mean, she's gorgeous, but it's it might... all very fake. Yeah, Ariana Grande hasn't had work done. She just looks young. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, yeah. let's move on to our first. No, I had a question about her. Okay, go. Is she Latina? I think she's Italian. Italian? Yeah. Oh, right, Grande. Oh, right, yeah, that makes sense. So yes. she's Italian-American? Yeah. Okay, cool. I just, I had to figure out what was going on there. She's slightly tan. Because you were like, yeah. She's slightly tan. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, we'll move on to our first sponsor of the week. Do you want to uh, take us away, Sakai? Oh, I'm doing this one. Okay. <laughs> so our first sponsor of the week is End All Genders. Oh, God, I can't even, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> End All Gender, starring in Keeping Up With The Non-Binaries. It would have been good if it wasn't a Kardashian-Jenner reference. Reference. I just don't get them. So, so it was actually a friend of mine ages ago said that if they ever did drag, they were going to be called End All Gender. And that was a Kendall Gender, Kendall Jenner reference. And I thought that's quite funny. But then they were like, what if it's not relevant in five years? And I was like, if Chris Jenner has anything to do with it, it will they be. will never not be relevant. Oh my god! Yeah, they'll be turning in their graves, and she will I just still. She was even that in the video. In that fucking video. Sorry, I just, I, I can't. I don't. I don't care for the Kardashians. I, just, I won't, I've never seen an episode either. They make me want to rip my face. Off. I just don't have an opinion. I can, I actually find it really easy to not be aware of them, in mm. like, in a way that makes me hate them because I. I, I actually I rarely am exposed I, to them. I avoid them. Yeah, same. But they don't go away. Yeah. No, I don't know. I see that they are everywhere. Like, yeah. they're pretty much on Ellen or whatever, pretty much every week. But And there's hundreds of them. Like, I always think that there's, like, the main one, the Kanye one. And then there's, like, the, 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 the small ones. Yeah. Who I thought were two different people. No, were one person before. And then there's the other ones, but I don't know who those are. I, I that, that's a really good explanation of keeping up with the Kardashians. It's like so there's uh there's hundreds of them. This is me doing your right. There's hundreds hundreds of them. Um, there's the wee ones. Uh, there's the Kanye one. Uh, there's a uh, yeah. And then there's the other ones. Then there's the other ones, and then there's the one that's like apparently a gay icon, but like who isn't? Um. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, this is us not keeping up with the Kardashians, this is apparently. This 100% not keeping up with I the Kardashians. I have not ever kept up with, will never but keep up I with. But I have heard that the babies that they've made with all the black men... The, <laughs> <laughs> the, the babies that they've made with all the black with men. With all the black men that they've commandeered. Because are... <laughs> they're Armenian and they're white and they want to give some credibility to the fact that they black up every day. <laughs> they're like but we're we're with black men so it's fine it's that totally fine it's fine that we're essentially being terrible white people on halloween every day yeah literally they are essentially imagine like how white are they under all that i don't know and it's worrying i'd love to i, I don't want to see what happens when they just take a wet wipe to their face yeah it must be like striking yeah 
maybe like a beam of light anyway so anyway generally these jenner s- these so- rally <laughs> A rally these of Jenners. <laughs> these so-called Kardashians. I'm going to say so-called now because I'm like not even believing that they're that's K- their name or anything. What if they were dogs and they were called <laughs> Kardashians? These Kardashians. <gasps> we're not calling them bitches. That's just me. No, no, no. I didn't. He did though. But no, no. But these Kardashians could be male. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. yeah. So they're basically um, the black men that they've commandeered into their lives to make it okay for them to do blackface on a daily basis. They've made these children with them and apparently the children are absolutely adorable. So that's the one okay. that's the one good thing that there are adorable children now. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Moving on. Um <laughs> so we're gonna move on to who or what is touching our hair. And this is actually uh a one very specific to Dundee and one that we really want to address mm-hmm. because it's incredibly important this is so dundee specific it's very dundee specific but also for anyone that is just generally concerned with the way that you know or sort of underground spaces um you know queer friendly spaces not necessarily because this place is not a queer club by any means but it's Mm -hmm. i would say it's queer friendly Mm -hmm. i at least i i I personally feel very sort of inclusive i feel very included in the in the space and i don't feel like i stick out or anything but um in Dundee, the the club, the reading rooms, um, basically there's been like a sort of per, a vendetta put, a, put on this club and uh, the council and the police are trying to like shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah. There's d- been basically a growing police presence at the room. So like they've been searching people's bags before they go in and there's been like sniffer dogs and like just harassment generally. Um, and like the thing about the rooms is that it's been there for like what? 40 years 40, i don't know if i don't know there. actually to be honest it's been there for Many it's like an, it's an institution in dundee mm-hmm. it's been there forever it's like you know i've spoken to people that have like lived in dundee their entire life and the rooms has always been there it's always mm-hmm. been an institution it's where people's moms went out clubbing it's where their grands went out clubbing it's like maybe not their grands <laughs> <laughs> maybe their grands like in their later life went out clubbing <laughs> um you know for 30th birthday or 50th birthday but there if, what what really worries me is you know this is a club that you know gets quite big names mm-hmm. the likes of sort of mr scruff and bicep and um mungo's hi-fi and all these people that are within the sort of underground scene mm-hmm. pretty well known there is nowhere else in dundee that would host these people there is nowhere else in dundee that you know offers a sort of safe space in the way that this club does you know, when you go out in Dundee, there are literally fights outside every club, mm-hmm. every weekend. The likes of um, Liquid or Fat Sam's or the Student Union. Mm-hmm. There are always fights outside this pl- these places. And also when you're inside those spaces, if you are a woman or a femme presenting, you are constantly groped and people flash themselves at you. Like, I mean, like I'm just trying, like every single time I've ever been to like Liquid or Fat Sam's, something quite like violent has happened to me or someone that i know Mm. like just usually men groping or or showing showing you their dick and like it and just stuff like that and also the like a lot of women have even like flashed me their tits and stuff like that in places like that and then people just really being quite aggressive trying to start fights with you um obviously like being like 
black and going to those places it doesn't feel very comfortable as well because like a lot of the time unless it's actually the nights where there's um liquid you staff envy which was like the black club which i don't even think is open anymore. i don't think it's even open anymore but um yeah also a very segregated club because they had a black area that like that was a bit uncomfortable you know having yeah. a black area and a white area and i, I do like that. yeah because they had yeah because it was like envy and liquid were separate mm-hmm. the thing is though i've been to envy quite a few times and i thought it was a great night because they would no play. i think envy is great i'm not saying that the there shouldn't be a black club i'm just I, I don't like the idea of like a black area inside a club that's really for white people yeah that's segregation yeah i know that people don't see it that way but like there should be a cl- there should be clubs that play r&b and hip-hop period yeah um, but having these like separate silos where black people are kind of stuffed into the smaller part of the club. F- for me, I personally fucking hate liquid and have never felt comfortable in there. Is it not closed? Hasn't it actually closed down? It's like the called something thing? else now. I don't know. Oh, right. Okay. It's like changed hands. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of these spaces that are sort of, you know, for white heterosexuals, mm-hmm. like underground and, fucking heinous, like they're, they're just not places I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I just wouldn't go to these places and if i wasn't going like there effectively if the reading rooms closes down there is nowhere for people to go mm-hmm. that exists within these communities whether you're queer you're black why i'm not saying that black people don't go to these other clubs because i know that they do but if you're a fan of sort of you know um, more sort of underground music you don't want to go out and be like have taylor swift like forced upon you every mm-hmm. time you go out or yeah. like the same literal fucking playlist that plays in the union and has swedish house mafia in it which is literally a band that stopped existing six years ago and they still play that song yeah. by Swedish House Mafia every single time you go. And for me, like, Mungo's Hi-Fi was, like, the thing that, like, I, I could go, like, a whole year not going clubbing without... But, like, that would be the one night that I would have to go out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I absolutely love it. Like, but I'd have to go through to Glasgow to see, to see Mungo's Hi-Fi, like, if they close reading yeah. rooms, basically. Well, it's, I just think it'd be an absolute massive shame if they were to close the rooms you know it's and but the thing is right so this is why i was like adamant that we spoke about it i went well actually no we both experienced the same thing mm-hmm. um we we went out on friday friday yeah and we were about to go turn up at the rooms and there we were warned right before we went in that like there was well I, that there was like no one in there yeah. Um. So we ended up like you know going somewhere else because um there was another night being hosted on the same night, but what was a shame is this is a Friday night. It was actually my favorite night that they hosted rooms. Yeah, it's called Kettle. Reckless Kettle. It's like uh sort of they've done like drag nights. They've done, they do like it's it's ran by what I I think it's ran by straight people, but it is a very sort of open space. It's a very open night. You know, whenever I sort of. Because I dress very over the top anyway, and they always are really embracing of that, like the people that run it. The so, first couple of times I went to Reckless Kettle, like we actually like got in for free for the next couple of times because we went in so OTT, like I had like glitter on my face and stuff. Because like a prop, it was supposed to be like a drag themed night, and like nobody was really, like not nobody, but like a lot of other people weren't really that dressed up. Then the people that ran it were like, "Well done, this is amazing!" Like properly. Like, I think they did it like if you it. were dragged up, you'd mm-hmm. get in for free yeah that's what because when i went as well i turned up and i got them for mm-hmm. free as well um so that kind of thing that like you're not going to get that anywhere else if you were to go out dressed like that in any other club you would be ridiculed and mm-hmm. i experience it every time i go to the union i experience it every every time i go to underground i literally get 
abuse hurled at me all night. So, and the, you know, the, even the bouncers, they're not on your side. And mm -hmm. that's the problem. If you were to go to the bouncers, while, you know, I don't always agree with the bouncers at the rooms because there are a lot of problems there as well. Mm -hmm. If you were to go out and be like, that person has been homophobic towards me, they would kick them out. And it, in my experience, it doesn't really happen. But if it was to, you know that they would kick them out. And that does happen. But mm -hmm. any other club, I don't even trust that the bouncers would do that because I think a lot of them are probably fucking homophobic. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And we also like know the people who run it. Like everybody's like that goes to rooms kind of has like a relationship, like you know, with the people who run the place. So like every nobody wants it to close. But like when we got there, because we were in like two different groups, and like when I got there with like the people I was with, we ended up going in. We paid and went in, and then just ended up like realizing that there was no way that we could even. I mean, we could have stayed, but it was like dead. There was like literally like hardly anybody there. And it just didn't feel like, because it was my friend's birthday, like she didn't feel like she wanted to and none of us really felt like we wanted to stay. And then, so we left and it was just like shit to like kind of... Like leave the rooms because yeah. you want to support them. Yeah. But it's like, you don't want to be in a club with like no one. Mm -hmm. It was, for me, it's like really, really sad. And this is, this is because there's a growing police presence at the rooms and basically they have a vendetta out against the rooms to close it down. So it's like, what do you do? Because I'm as as far as I'm aware, the police were there earlier that night. Mm -hmm. Now that same night, there was a sort of, there was almost like a night on that was very like I ended up going to this other night that was, um, a sort of underground scene. It was aggressive techno, so it's like mm. so far from what I want to hear on a night out. And a lot of the people that were there are not people that I enjoy, but effectively, a lot of the people that were at this night should have been at the room supporting the supporting the club yeah i can understand you know like obviously people are worried about the sort of growing police presence in this place and whatnot but while the while the rooms is basically under threat like people need to all be rallying together and still going out mm -hmm. and you know what if people want to take drugs or whatever mm -hmm. you know just be a bit more tactile about it like i'm not out here like pure like you know i don't i don't take drugs if i'm going out clubbing whatever but if you're gonna ultimately if people want to take stuff and be in a safe space you know, while they do it. Because, you know, the people that are going out and taking ecstasy or whatever, they're not out, like, attacking people. They're they're just... But it's annoying because, like, see, whenever I've been to, like, places like Fat Sam's or Liquids, people are literally on drugs as well. coke the whole fucking time. Yeah. So it's just, like, it's not, like, there's a specific thing going on. It's, like... This it's, is, it's everywhere. This is Dundee. Dundee is, like... I Actually, I think it's, like, the, the, the drug capital of Europe. This is how bad it is here. Like, we're not... This is not a piss take. Like, the, the city is full of drugs so like when they clamp down on specific places and say that that place is a problem they're ignoring the fact that every single night they have to have loads of police outside the clubs where there are people literally beating the shit out of each other mm -hmm. I, i've seen it with my yeah. own eyes you like even just walking past like that sort of area where those clubs are like you see people get like beating the shit out of each other you yeah. don't see that happening outside rooms no i've, like, I, I've actually <laughs> i think i've seen like one fight outside rooms in the however many years that i've been mm -hmm. going there um and they've got a courtyard where everybody goes out and just like chills has cigarettes and stuff like that like people are literally like really relaxed in rooms i've never seen people fight in that also, courtyard ever i i actually don't even feel like those people are taking any more drugs in the rooms than they are in any other mm -hmm. club i don't even think it's that big of a problem it's just there will be some people are going to do that regardless like mm -hmm. there is a problem with drugs in dundee but closing down the the only space where you know like sort of 
people that enjoy sort of i don't know not ma- music that isn't like and mainstream mainstream and shite mainstream and shite that like it means basically there's just like no space for them and i think it would just be an incredible shame for the rooms to close down so essentially what people need to do is somehow rally together and like just make sure that they're supporting the club like mm-hmm. but and what if you know what, if if not to, if to, you know get the police being there and getting id'd and all of these things is such a huge problem it's just like I feel like people just need to ride it out. Like if, if it's, you know, getting searched as a problem, mm-hmm. just don't take drugs with you. My thing is that I, we we don't know how long this police presence is going to last for and it feels like it's not going to go away. So I think people need to kind of, um, I don't know, like it, Adju- if you, just adjust. Adju- I know it's horrible to say that, but yeah, to adjust because if once it's gone, it's gone. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. once a space like reading rooms is gone, it's not going to. Not going to. Rev- it's not going to revive itself. So yeah. I don't know how we're going to keep it alive. But this is the bullshit that happens when. Okay, absolutely love the fact that VNA exists. Absolutely love the fact that there's been, you know, a concerted effort to, you know, put Dundee on the map and stuff like that. But this is what gentrification is in real terms. Like it's people who, like who consistently go to places and consistently frequent them and give them their money, give them their time, like getting told that you can't have this anymore because it's not, it doesn't fit in with the, with the aesthetics of what we're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. You know, like this crackdown could have happened a long time ago. If they're really worried about drugs, they could have done this a long time ago because Dundee has been a drug capital for a very long time. That's not what this is about. This is about, you know sanitizing dundee to make it fit into what the new dundee that they've got a vision for is going to be like and unfortunately people like who like alternative um music and who want to go to a place like reading rooms that's like very you know fun and lively and interesting that's not part of their plan you know and the thing is as well right so i went to there was a night on Halloween a while ago, and there was a police presence outside. You probably heard about this because everyone, everyone in Dundee yeah, was here. Everyone was raging. Everyone was raging. So the police were outside the club for the entire night, and they were basically refusing to let the bouncers let people in, and there was no good reason for it. Bear in mind, people were out for Halloween, so everyone had dressed up, right? People were in, I mean, personally speaking, I was in a very fucking skimpy outfit. Mm. It was freezing outside and people were sitting outside for two hours end of october in scotland end of october in scotland freezing now this is because the police are not letting people in so the police are literally like almost they would rather like people sit outside freezing get and get being given no information whatsoever we were just sitting there waiting it's fucked up because the bouncers have a job and they're doing their job yeah. You know, and and so the, the police are basically saying you're not good enough at discerning who can come into this place and who can't. And also Halloween night, like in Reading Rooms, Halloween is, re- is, is really great. And like one of the things that they do is like they have like, you know, they have a uh, costume competitions and stuff. So people really went every year. People go all out trying to like, you know, win these competitions and stuff. And I'm assuming there would have been hundreds of people who were just like not they just had no idea this was going to happen mm-hmm. and then they get there and then it's just like we're going to make you stand outside all night all night people were sitting holes. outside all night and then it was it was honestly so frustrating and then it was the, the there were what, people were at capacity apparently apparently they were at capacity which is absolute bullshit because i knew people that were inside and they said it's not busy but um 
what was, I think what was, there were people literally in that queue that had like traveled down to visit friends from like, there was someone that was in the queue that I was speaking to that was like up from Birmingham. Like people that were like coming to see me, um, coming to Dundee for the first time to have a mm. night out, had heard about the rooms and then they were sitting outside all night. Like this kind of stuff, regardless of the the way, their vision that they have for Dundee, there are always going to be people that, you know, exist with an underground culture that, you know, ultimately when they come to Dundee, the reading rooms is where they're going to want to go on a night out. Mm-hmm. Because and it's also a matter of safety. There's going to be people who are, who are not, it's not safe for them to stand outside like that as well. Do you know what I mean? When we're talking yeah. about like, you know, queer people and their, and people who are, who are whose bodies are vulnerable in general like we, they shouldn't be standing outside like that for hours and then it's like okay dundee is an epicenter essentially because there's tayside and there's s you know people come through from st andrews they come through from perth people come through from loads of other areas like arbroath and all that so people are traveling quite a while to get into the uh, clubs in dundee and reading rooms is usually one of the ones that they go to yeah <laughs> It's frustrating. It's so fucked up. So this is what's been touching our hair. It's like read it. Like we're actually so angry about it. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah. effectively people need to kind of rally together and like find ways to continue to support reading rooms. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if it's like there's just like a vendetta out against the club and whether we're going to be able to stop it from happening because f- f- from what I understand from that night, you know, I don't know how easily this club can go bankrupt but i think what they're trying to do is basically prevent people from wanting to go to the rooms until it goes bankrupt and from the experience from the um example um of that halloween night if they're not allowing everyone to go into the club and then everyone's demanding refunds Mm -hmm. that's also a massive expense to them so every time something like that happens the club loses a lot of money and if that keeps happening it keeps happening they're going to close down so I don't know how much people can do, but I think ultimately people should just continue trying to support the rooms um, and hope it doesn't get closed down. Yeah, so. definitely. So let's move on. To our next sponsor. Okay. So the second sponsor of the episode is The Way That Gimme More perfectly summarizes Britney Spears's Sagittarian nature. I love that one. <laughs> I'm quite proud of that, to be honest. Do you know um, what? It was so when... We were talking about, so obviously it's Sagittarius season and we'll move on to that later on in the Mm -hmm. podcast. But I was trying to just like think of the way that, I was trying to basically summarize all of the Sagittarian natures, like the the traits through Britney Spears' songs. Mm -hmm. And there were quite a few that like, that I thought up, but I'll mention some of them later. Yeah, she's such a typical Sag. She's such a typical Sag and everything you said like we won't mention it, but like obviously you, you have a problem. But you're a double sag, so I'm like a double sag. You're a double sag, but you just basically said they always just look a bit unkept. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like I thought, oh No, but, it's but no, like, Britney Spears. I'm I'm a, I'm double sag and like, you know, the um when your Sagittarius rising, that means that that's how people assume, like that's they, what they assume you are. So like, I know I'm scruffy. Like the You're point- not scruffy at mm. all. No, 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 I, I am scruffy. You actually, do you know what? Sometimes you are. <laughs> I always see you when you're really like done up. Yeah. But I mean, I, I could imagine, you know, during your art school days when you're just walking to and from uni you were probably a bit scruffy not but just a bit scruffy i had this i wore the same jumper like for like you, every that, that like red and red and blue green thing yeah, yeah and it's like it looks and a it's bit, got like, bits of paint on it yeah like it's got four years old bits of acrylic paint on it so yeah okay 
Right, we don't want to go. We don't want to. I'm roasting like, myself. Yeah, we, we don't. We don't. We don't want to. But yeah, that ratty Britney Spears wig. That, like, <laughs> it just looks so ratty. I think that is the Classic. Sagittarius aesthetic. It's just like peeping out. <laughs> that right wig. Right. So, um, let's yeah. move on. Oh God, we're gonna talk about them. The Carters. The no, reptilians. Yeah, I'm true. Yeah. So, right. So this was actually a suggestion from a friend, and it's 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 kind of off-brand to talk about the royal family it's so off-brand it's so off-brand and when i suggested it to you you were like um no but <laughs> i didn't say no i just was like mm, okay oh, interesting okay cool <laughs> i see you were like it's femme fag and negress so i suppose yes i'll need to like compromise um <laughs> but the reason why i want to talk about the royal family um is because obviously you know um Prince William and Meghan Markle got married recently. Ugh, yeah. It wasn't like that recently, but I started to like sort of think about how, you know, sort of convenient it was that the only time that the the family married, uh, married into someone that's a person of color mm-hmm. happens to be now when the current political climate is sort of shifting in that way where obviously, you know, it's not really cool to be racist anymore. I mean, I'm not saying it's not Apart cool. Apart from all the Nazis everywhere. But okay, you know. but, but, but there are... It is the world is sort of, even though not everyone is you know unified and moving forward, but there, mm-hmm. there there's at least a l- large amounts of people that aren't racist, well, and I that actually, hasn't. I actually think it's more that they want people of color in the country to be royalists. They were they've been trying to figure out how to get us on board for a really 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 long time. Yeah, and like the only way to make a black woman feel like <gasps> the royals is to make it's, us yeah. think that there's a black woman even though she's so light-skinned even though she's so white so not a black woman <laughs> well she is she is she is but she doesn't get treated as such no so. no because she's very sort of white presenting mm. well not not that she's white present she's not like choosing to be she's white. white passing she's white that's, passing that's the whole thing like you know yeah. people have that identity and like they they piss and moan about it all they want, but they're not getting the same treatment as dark-skinned yeah. black women. That, yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> so, basically, I just um, wanted to talk about, basically, the way in which the royal family have managed to stay in power for so long. Yeah. Because this is, like... It sounds super... Oh, it sounds super conspiracy theorist. Sorry. Um, but it's... it. There's a lot that backs up It's what called I'm propaganda. Saying. It's called propaganda. <laughs> um, and when you consider the fact that... The, our royal family have managed to i say our royal family as though mm. like the, the royal the, the family ro- the royal family in britain have managed to stay in power for so long mm-hmm. whereas when you look across europe the the royal families across europe were kind of like torn down years ago so like decades ago so it's it's for me it's it's interesting that we still have a royal family and there are a lot of reasons for it mm-hmm. so i'm going to take you back Oh my god, we're actually going down time sh- a literal history yeah. lesson here. Yeah, so I'm going to take you in a little um, time capsule, mm-hmm. a little time machine. <laughs> so, of, right, so this bas- is not the type of time machine that I want to be in. No, I would prefer to go forward instead of back, but let's do it. Okay, so <laughs> what when um, Meghan Markle and Prince Prince I want to call him Princess and um, Prince William got married. You know, it was kind of painted to be the first time that this had ever happened. You know, the royals marrying outside of the royal family. Not true. Yeah. So in 1936, King George V dies. So I feel like I'm actually telling a history lesson. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. He dead. 
So his oldest son comes into power and falls in love with Wallace Simpson. That's actually a girl. Um, it wasn't a gay marriage in the royal family. Don't get too excited. Um, that The first will be me. Jokes. Um, so th- the woman that he marries had already been divorced and was still married. So that's like quite shocking for the Scandal. time. That's quite scandalous for the time. Mm-hmm. So she was having an affair with him. Um, and the prime minister at the time had a go at the situation and said that, you know, in order to marry this woman, he he had to abdicate because it's, you know, it's sort of un, unruly or whatever. Mm-hmm. So basically he runs off to America and the situ- situation's sort of tied up quite nicely. And it's like painted to be this love story. And the reason that he was to abdicate wasn't because he was a Nazi, but actually because he married somebody who was divorced. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Let's continue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People really have their priorities kind of strange. But um, but yeah, anyway, so it seems to be this sort of love story. Um, And what's interesting is at this time, they kind of needed to get the people on side with the the royal family because parliament were gaining more power. So, you know, and most royal families across Europe start to lose power. So they they almost had to get people on side and like inspire sympathy for them. So to create this sort of love story where, you know, this this would have been sort of broadcasted like everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting when you look at the the sort of timing behind all of these things. They happen at very sort of convenient times. They also had to avoid like an actual revolution happening after a world war, but yeah. Yeah. Th- these are all like kind of yeah. Well, that happened that happened before the second world war. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, but like, after the first. Knowing that there was a war coming, like knowing that there was a war happening, you have to stop your population from like getting the idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we can get rid of these people now. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, yeah. And, and obviously when there are so many examples of it happening across Europe, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, well, let's get people to fall in love with the royals again. Yeah. And people did. Like the thing is, it works. It worked. It works. It works. <laughs> and it is working. But anyway, so let's fast forward. So, Princess Margaret, for people who don't know who she is, that's Queen Lizzie's sister. Wee Lizzie. Wee Liz. Um, I don't that's even... what my nana calls her. Wee Liz. Yeah. Wee lesbian. No, she wishes. Um, so, that's Queen Lizzie's sister, who married a photographer in 1960. So, at the time, you've got to imagine that, like, being a photographer was not, like, this sort of bougie, well-to-do, art artsy thing that it is now it was actually seen to be like a sort of very common profession so mm-hmm. this was like a very sort of you know a sort of probably not working class but it, a very sort of common person so mm-hmm. again it sort of creates a love story but around the royals because this is a very sort of well-to-do common person mm-hmm. marrying into the royals so you know and um princess margaret margaret also um got very involved with the sort of freedom movement that happened in the 1960s so you know while she wasn't a hippie she kind of walked in the same circles you know with the likes of the rolling stones and the beatles and she would always be photographed with these people as well as like all the supermodels at the time um and you know it it would even get reported that she was like attending sex parties and whatnot so you know again it's sort of it's painting the royals to be you know people would always have this notion like even if they didn't like the royal family it's like they would like her mm-hmm. so princess margaret was like again another sort of person for people to buy into yeah and you know people don't want to um you know tear down the monarchy but when you have people like this that are sort of creating headlines that are you know you know are in are in because most people at the time especially part of like the sort of freedom movement mm-hmm. um 
would have been huge fans of the likes of the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. You know, they were very popular. Yeah. Um, so again, it sort of acts as a huge distraction and gives people faith in the royals. And this is like 16 years of headlines until they divorced. So that's like 16 years of being distracted. Yeah. For, so obviously people gonna, during this time aren't going to overturn the royals. I, I drank so much Pepsi and I'm trying so hard not to burp. <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah. And then soon after that comes along Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. Who obviously, and you know what's interesting? Every time that this happens, it then like gets brushed under the carpet and people forget about it. So the, the likes of um, Princess Margaret, like people don't remember it. It's not a thing that is like really in like, mm-hmm. as soon as Princess Diana comes along, you forget about the person before that. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting the way it kind of gets brushed under the carpet and never yeah. really spoken about again. But it's interesting because again, they want it to seem like a new thing, a sort of, they want these people to seem like sort of timeless and not just another example of a sort of, of their propaganda of their propaganda. So again, after this, Princess Diana comes along. So um, there was a sort of panorama, panorama, panorama interview done at the end, like after she um, divorced um, Prince Charles. And she essentially said in that that she was a quote unquote brood mare, which is a horse that is kept around simply for breeding. So she was basically, from the minute that she married into the royals, she was only ever there for headlines, and she admitted that. She was never, it was never love between her and um, Charles. Um, I was like, who, what fucking, who did she marry again? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she married Prince Charles, um, who apparently was already in love with Camilla before they even got married, so that was always a thing. Yeah. And then, apparently, on the night before she got married, she tried to throw herself down a set of stairs because she didn't want to get married. Mm. so yeah drama um so yeah and as soon as they separate um she separated from the royal family she obviously no longer had to do the charity work that was sort of um that she was almost part of her service Mm -hmm. and then she started doing a lot of work for the likes of the aids crisis um she was helping detonate landmines Mm -hmm. so she would literally be you know broadcasted on tv in areas where there were landmines put down and she would be like people would be watching her on tv thinking she could get blown up any second that yeah, was like a but gen- she was trying to like raise awareness of the fact that people were u- had been using children to do that exact job. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, all of this work was obviously very sort of like it, it helped. Basically, she gained a lot of popularity and mm-hmm. people were like, you know, the whole nation were kind of in love with her. Um, and obviously during this time, she has not affiliated to the royal family. Mm-hmm. So her doing this actually, and also you've got to consider the fact that the all of the news stories around it would almost like, you know, Prince... Prince Charles and um, Camilla were almost like, you know, when, when, when as soon as she, um, Prince Charles isn't affiliated with Princess Diana m- anymore, the more popular she becomes, mm-hmm. the less popular he becomes. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because they're not they're no longer tied together. So she continues to gain popularity, yeah. um, and obviously this starts to create sort of bad press for the royals who start to appear as being almost like out of touch. Um, and then soon after admitting that the whole marriage was orchestrated and calling the royal family out for essentially lacking heart and compassion and um in like several interviews mm-hmm. soon after that she's killed in paris yeah so it's just like you know as soon as she no longer is, is um of like service. of service yeah, yeah she's killed and when you actually look into like i mean it all sounds like conspiracy theory theories around her death but i like I, I have watched a lot of them. I'm not going to lie. And some of them I'm like, okay, maybe not. But it's all very weird. It's all very weird. So where she was killed, 
was basically on a route that she wasn't even supposed to be going. Mm-hmm. So she was with, you know, her, um, who was she married to at the time? It was this really rich guy. So she was married to this really rich guy. Um, and obviously after she was killed, apparently the ambulance didn't arrive for two hours. Yeah. You know, nobody really knew what was happening. And she was going a completely, she was, she was, I think she was heading to a restaurant, which was, she was actually like nowhere near it. Like she'd went a completely wrong route. So obviously it was all completely orchestrated. Mm -hmm. And after she died, her um, husband or her widowed husband, because he had a lot of money behind him, he did a lot of sort of research into the death and um, uncovered like essentially proof that like the whole thing was orchestrated. Mm. Um, But obviously like a lot of that isn't going to hit headlines because you're, you you, you just get painted to be a conspiracy theorist. And obviously everyone is going to do everything in their power to shut you up. So they didn't do a very good job of making it not look like staged and done on purpose, but it was like really weird. But I feel as if like I spent quite a lot of my childhood with like Princess Diana in my face. It's like um, when I was like seven or eight years old, I was in Zimbabwe for a year and that was the year that she died. And I've never seen an entire country mourn for one person before in my entire life. I've literally never seen it. But apart from that, like people in Zimbabwe were like really upset like really fucking upset about Diana dying so that was like the kind of reach that she had worldwide and like the I think she did more publicity for the royal family than she did against in a sense because she was still affiliated with them by being called Princess Diana like even if she was like trying to call out their wrongdoing she still kept the royal family in the back of people's minds as something to talk about, something mm-hmm. to think about. But and then when she and she was trying to like talk about how bad they are and what they've what all the things, but like it's still for me like coming from a colonized country for people to be that upset by this one random woman dying. It, it's strange. The, the psychological. The, the yeah, the brainwashing was deep. <laughs> you know yeah and so for, for me whether she was good or bad whether like you know because she was a really amazing person i'm not gonna sit here and say that diana was a bad person since she's an amazing person but bigger picture for me she still was affiliated by being called princess diana yeah you know even after she was no longer with charles she was still princess diana so for the people of my country to be throwing themselves on the floor crying over this random woman dying is like still you know colonialist propaganda yeah so anyway like and and then when she when she was gone her face was on every newspaper for about 20 like 15 years actually the only thing that pushed princess diana off the front pages of the paper was magdalene mccann yeah that was that was when it it switched but it was it was princess diana consistently for years yeah. On the front of every single she was tabloid. Everywhere. The thing is, when we were watching those interviews earlier, a lot of them were apparently covered up for years. Yeah. But she literally essentially just set cold the pearls out and said that they lacked compassion. Mm-hmm. She said, I she's like, they don't want me around anymore because I th- I, I I move with my heart and they don't like that. And they don't like that. And I was watching that and I was like, Fucking hell. They are gonna like obviously I know she's dead. But if I was watching that, I would be like, "She's gonna die. She's gonna die. Like she, she should and stop." And then she did. And then she died. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, there's it's unequivocal. The royals need to go. 
I've never thought anything different. I, I'm I just I'm the furthest from a royalist, and um, because I don't like colonial thinking, I no. don't I just don't see how they can continue to be an institution. But but people people like even like even the likes of like my mum, who is so not the type of person that should that would like the royals, mm-hmm. and so many people around where I grew up think that the royal family are like a great institution and i'm like yeah, but then how there, could you a, think that there's a huge issue of like um okay so there's sectarian thinking around that too so like my grandmother used to call um you know queen elizabeth queen uh, we lizzie and she'd go you know like and stuff like that like because she's from a catholic background for, for, so even for record if she, even um, if she so if I was spitting <laughs> like fake spitting <laughs> even if she didn't even if she had no real like hatred for that woman or, or as a person she had a you know an understanding that she wasn't to like the royal family because she was catholic yeah and then the people who come from protestant areas know that they're not they're, that they have to love the royals even if they don't so you know there is a real there's a real like constant issue in Scotland, in Northern Ireland, in loads of places in, in the UK where there's still this, like, this divide um, where people who are who have a certain background won't even, th- won't even question their love for the royal family, right? And then there's mm. another bunch of people who won't even have a conversation about them being a good thing because it's just not in their canon. It just doesn't work, work for them, mm-hmm. right? But for me... The reason why I can't fuck with the royal family is because of colonialism. That makes sense. It's not because it's anything to do with Catholic or Protestant. It's not got anything to do with blue or green. It's got to do with... They are the reason why so many countries in the world are full of horrendous exploitation and oppression. That is, in order for... Enough reason, really. In order for there to be a class system in this country, you have to have a royal family at the top of that. And everyone else comes down. Do you know what's really? I, do you know what's really um, interesting as well? So a few years ago, um, mm-hmm. and I actually watched this um, video earlier. But a few years ago, there's like a video of the queen, like dripping in fucking diamonds. Let's just say, d- d- during one of her speeches and um, for Christmas Day, like talking about how we have to help and um, come together to eradicate poverty. While well, um, she's wearing the crown jewels. While well, she's wearing, like, things that she's stolen. Stolen from other countries. She, like, it's just, and, uh, yeah. It's wild and, and ludicrous for us to ever... Think that they stand for anything other than keeping themselves in power, which, in order to do so, means crushing other people. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be there. Yeah, and also, like, while we're going through all this these austerity issues, right, as a country, as we're about to walk headfirst into the absolute fucking nightmare that is brexit they're still there yeah. and we're still giving them money even though we can't feed ourselves like yeah. as a country we we're not get like the wealth distribution is such a mess that there are people starving in dundee but like we're still giving them money mm-hmm. i just i just find it ludicrous and and also like we have to i think we just have to kind of like accept that that's until they're no longer a thing that's our society we're going to just continue to have a class problem in this country but until we're done with them even even in 2018 the likes of like you know you're having your the likes of your megan merkels you know they're still doing it they're still trying to create 
sort of but also Meghan Markle's been used as yeah. well as like the kind of Diana-esque woman who's like you know she's so um she's also an actor she's an actress actri- she's a fucking actress she's an so, actress which like, is I don't act- believe anything she says or does but like you know the the f- she's supposed to be this good lovely person and because those boys like because William and and Harry are the sons of Princess Diana we're all we all see them as good mm you know we all see them as nice people and i think that when the queen does actually pass away which will happen quite soon i think and like that will be frightening by the way when that happens this entire country is going to grind to a halt and you're going to see you're going to see the royal um propaganda machine at work in a way that you've never seen it before in your life because she's been the queen for such a long time but when she goes, she, I don't think that Prince Charles will be the king. I think that they will automatically pass it to William because the young royals are the ones that people want to see. You know, they want to see him and his kids, him, him and his wife and his kids. And they want to see Harry and, and, and Meghan Markle and their kids. You know, like the Americans are obsessed, absolutely obsessed with the royal family now. Ugh. Anyway... <laughs> I'm sorry for like making the topic of conversation the royals for. I can't stand them, but no, nor can I. But (laughs) I thought it was like kind of at least something that would be good to bring to people's attentions. The way that like the royalist propaganda machine is always at work Mm -hmm. because it wasn't something I. I don't really pay attention to the royals. Like honestly, I had to like Google names. Mm -hmm. I was just I'm I'm I was quite in the same way that I can't stand the Kardashians. I can't stand the royals. I can't stand. They're essentially the same thing, thing, except. The Kardashians make their own money. Mm-hmm. Like, the royals are just given money. It's yeah. like, the, there was literally no difference. But it's all about making poor Except people feel... the Kardashians don't colonize people. But it's part of that capitalistic mindset. Like, we're all supposed to feel lesser than those people so that we continue to buy things, so that we continue to make ourselves look the way that we think will make us closer to them. Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like... That's why the that's why the Kardashians sell all of their fucking makeup kits so that you can try and look like them. Sorry, I can't stand them. Anyway, so okay, so that's that's it for you. That. Did bring it up, so I did, I did. I don't know why you would make me. I'm talk like about wrapping it up, like before <laughs> before you before it just becomes a conversation of I fucking hate them, I fucking hate them. Um, okay, I do. Yeah. So last segment of the episode is reading the signs, which we've missed a a couple of star signs. We haven't because we went Scorpio was the last one we talked about. Oh, so it's Sagittarius. So we haven't even missed any. We just didn't bring the Scorpios back up. We can do it now. Oh, can we? We we pulled you down, but we didn't bring you back up. So we can do that if you want. Okay. Well, I mean... I mean, it'll be Sagittarius season by the time this goes. Actually, it's already Sagittarius season. It's Sagittarius season. season already. Okay, well, let's let's bring us back up. Um, we're the fucking best. Anyway, let's move on. So, Sagittarius. Uh, Scorpio is related to the color red, which is my favorite color. Uh, okay. Scorpio is related to loyal. Deep, lo- yeah. Well, loyal honey. Deep emotion, because if you're talking about the water signs, they're all about emotion, but like Scorpio is like the the pure depth of human emotion. And it's like, yeah, intense and amazing. A lot of people really fucking hate Scorpios. Like, it's actually... I think it's a bad... You get a bad rap because of... People, like, even people that say that... People post things on, like, sort of Vice articles, like, uh-huh. in comments, being like, you know, star signs are bullshit. And but I hate pe- Scorpios. 
but I hate Scorpios. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. But anyway. It's not. Like, it's it's a weird thing. I think it's because people keep saying that you should hate Scorpios. It's like the same thing. Like, people are supposed to hate Scorpios, supposed to hate Gemini. Supposed to hate Nickelback. <laughs> supposed to hate Nickelback. It, I know. Is, it is very that. Like, Nickelback yeah. actually. They be, weren't that bad. They weren't that bad. Yeah. I actually, whenever I think about it, do you know what? I'm like, they're not. I had Silver Side Up. Don't pretend you didn't fucking listen to that album. And like, it is. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm even like guilty of just like hating Nickelback, but there's actually no real good reason for it. They're not great musicians, but they're not yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, I would say, I don't want to say that, you know, Scorpios are the Nickelbacks of the Zodiac, but uh, I can see, I, Dev, can I, see it. I can see sort of parallels. I, I do still not like Nickelback, but, you know. My thing is no, that, Scorpios like, are the Bjorks of the Zodiac. Because when you think about it. Because Bjork I, is triple Scorpio. Because she's triple Scorpio, but she's also like a, such a typical triple Scorpio because mm-hmm. a lot of people really don't fucking get her. And I think that's very that you think that scorpios just confuse people yeah yeah okay actually but i did want to talk about um, sagittarius in this episode so we're gonna well, I th- we could ha- i thought we we're gonna have a little like chat about scorpios first and then talk about sagittarian okay okay but i feel like yeah because the last time i did take you the fuck down so like let's let's build you back up okay lovely scorpios with your very loyal we are loyal, loyal. i'd say we're very loyal i would say strong willed strong willed yes because mm-hmm. i haven't thought about it i'm just in that sagittarius mindset okay let, let me look up some things about scorpios um we're loyal apparently we're good in bed actually yeah you're the sign of sex so we're the sign of really... sex so apparently we're, we're good at that um for me it depends like a lot of the time i'm actually quite lazy um <laughs> I'd, I'd mostly rather eat food a lot of the time i think i like the idea of sex yeah. but i'm quite i'm quite bad at like following through on on the sex okay so oh my god the the first thing i said so scorpio born are strong-willed passionate intelligent jealous possessive sorry actually i'm only doing the positive ones um oh they have a magnetic charm Mm -hmm. that can't be ignored i mean yes sure yeah focused brave brave balanced balanced faithful ambitious intuitive mm-hmm. yeah there you go okay there's some goodies in there What's, those are good words and you know it's so funny though because right i used to th- always um quote no i used to always use rupaul as like a sort of scorpio an example of a scorpio mm-hmm. because i'm like you know rupaul quite cool gen like you know plays on the sort of fluidity of gender you know very iconic but actually the more i hear about rupaul and there's been a lot of scandals around rupaul kind of a terrible person yeah, but trying we're to supposed like, to be trying to build the Scorpios up. You can't just be like. Okay, well, I'll, u- I'll use Bjork as my main reference. Yeah, I really like Bjork. Bjork is brilliant, and I think that the thing about Bjork is that people don't get her. So they're they're scared by what they don't understand. Yes. Rather than like w- once you like properly listen to what she's saying and what she's doing and like properly understand her aesthetic, then you get she's the, the depth, the absolute like screamy scream no honestly so there's a song i probably mentioned this in the last episode i can't remember but she's got a song called black lake and it's just you know 10 minutes long of her like talking about how her ex betrayed her and like how could he it's the most hilariously 
fucking Scorpio song of all time. Yeah. But listen, it's such a fucking powerful don't song. Don't ever betray a Scorpio. Don't ever betray a Scorpio. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> but um, it's and also um, Whitney Houston was a Scorpio, mm. and that song. Yeah, I, I, you talked about this last. I time. told. I honestly like. Yeah. These are like my main sort of Scorpio references. I just don't like to go near Hillary Clinton. And that's why I'm just... Right. I yeah. did not know she was a Scorpio. Yeah. But... Oh dear. And and to be honest, the last general election was a Scorpio versus a Gemini. Like as if you could get like two people that people... Oh my God. I know. Really? I oh know. yeah, because Trump is a fucking Gemini. Yeah. That's that was how... Those weren't good choices for everyone. <laughs> no, they were not. Next time, just go for a lovely Pisces, please. A Libra. A Libra. Not a lovely Pisces because they're not really lovely. They're no, completely they're not. confusing. Yeah, they are. Okay. okay. So, Sagittarius. Sagittarius. <coughs> cough, okay. cough. Sagittarius. I love all y'all. Is that, is that Beyonce? <laughs> That's that horrible Beyonce song. Um, jo- um, oh my God. Imagine, right. See for Read the Signs. What if we played a clip from that every every time before we do Read the Signs? Oh my God. That would be We'll re- get sued eventually, but let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because Beyonce doesn't want anyone to know that that song exists. Oh, it's so shit. But same- it's so good at the same time. It's like almost like it's just a culmination of all the worst writing that you've ever heard. But also... But also she didn't write it. She did. That's... <gasps> this is the thing you need to know about Beyonce. She actually does she write. She can't write. <laughs> <laughs> She's pure She doesn't it. know words. This is the problem. She tries with words. But even the few... T- remember that time that like she did the Instagram post? And like, I can't remember who it was that posted it. It's like, while I'm happy that Beyonce is finally posting on Instagram, your grammar is shite. <laughs> it was so bad. The women can't write. Like, it's, you know, it's she's good at everything else. Yeah. That's, do you know what I mean? That's fair enough. Okay, um, so Sagittarius. So, be, right. So while, like, obviously the, the second sponsor of the episode kind of um, referenced this, but Britney Spears is the most sort of typical Sagittarius typical scruffy Scru- bit scruffy unkempt. her wig is a bit matted just not quite not quite there. there her dancing is a bit off why are they like that though why are they That's actually, why, is why that are thing? they considered scruffy right it's I think it's to do with <sighs> they're just quite fiery they just want to jump into things maybe mm. they don't have time to comb their hair before they run into the world because they're just they're so also f- a centaur right yeah yeah so like they're, they're based, just running into things blindly wildly going who needs a mirror right but think about horses for a second horses are gorgeous but they're wild okay okay so like you look at them and you're like oh wow really beautiful but also there's something off there and it's because <laughs> it's because they're so like they want to be free that's what sagittarians are like okay i feel like that was a bit of a like you really went places to make that rep to make that comment okay <laughs> Right, Sagittarius is, and I have actually quite a few friends that are very mm. like this, jump into a relationship, like, so quickly. Like, they will fall for someone so quickly, right? Yeah. Britney Spears' I'm a Slave for You mm-hmm. was probably written about someone she had just met. Yeah. Every time Britney Spears was probably written about someone she had just met. Remember that time she went to Vegas and got married and then got divorced or, like, annulled, like, within, like, two days? That is what Sagittarius's do. They yeah. just do it. Classic Sag behavior. Honestly, they do it. They just run into it head first. I know, and honestly, I know Sagittarius that will jump from date to date to date to date. And yeah. it is. And they'll have like quite the a best few dates. Peop- they'll have quite a few people going at the same time, but they love all of them. And then they're like, I hate all of them. And then you're like, I don't know what's happening. I can't keep up. Um, but also, because I'm a double Sagittarius. It's like if you see Kami and Jesse and. 
<laughs> and Amy and all of these people. <laughs> they seek them all. Yeah. I'm trying to get as many Britney Spears references into this as possible. Okay. Well, she is top Sag. Yes. She's and and toxic. Toxic? Top yep. Sag. Top toxic. Sag. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Is... I keep trying to remember the name of this artist, but she did that... Um... Taylor Swift. Well, I know Taylor Swift's a Sag, but let's not talk about her. No. Love Story was probably written about someone she'd met five five minutes ago. Yeah. So... That's quite sad. <laughs> but yeah, you're trying to think of a musician. They tend to have, I know this sounds ridiculous, but they tend to have long, wavy blonde hair. I know that there will be Sagittarians who are not white women, but they tend to have that kind of, like, almost crimped looking hmm. wavy yeah. blonde hair. I mean, of the two with people like that we've referenced, that applies to 100% of them. With 100% of them? That's quite strange. It must is apply pink, to... Is pink a Sagittarius? Because I literally want to know this now, because I feel right. you, like... You do the... You you join the research team on that. Like pink is a Sagittarius. Yeah, she does. I don't know if she does look like a Sagittarius, but you, you test that theory. <laughs> Maybe she's a Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. I actually quite like... Pink is a strangely slept on uh, person. She's a Virgo. She's a Virgo? Oh, Really? She doesn't give me Virgo vibes at all. No, not at all. Oh, but what's her rising? Because that's like what she looks like, right? Anyway, let's move on from... Right. <laughs> let's let's not like sit and do fucking Pink's natal chart. Well, like, we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the public needs to know. I don't know if they do. Are, are okay. people still checking on Pink? It wasn't even Pink that I was thinking about. Pink it was, um, Misunderstood was a fucking amazing album. What's that album. lassie? The one that... Woke up in the morning. Kesha. Kesha. No, but the whole thing with Kesha is she isn't actually scruffy. No, she isn't. She was always forced to be like that. That was part of her deal, like her record label thing. Because Because really? she came out about it after the whole Dr. Luke thing Oh my happened. God. So they were trying to like... They were trying her. to make her look like a trashy slut. So... That's horrible. Because then she brought out Praying mm-hmm. Now. That is a powerful song. So the ve- I think the reason why I remember I told you when I got my hair cut and it was like perfectly rounded by the, the stylist and she did such a good job and it was absolutely lovely. And I was like, I just don't feel like it's me because I want it to be janky and shit. Like I, want- <laughs> <laughs> I want it to look like I've just got it. You bed. want it to literally look like like pubes that got caught in the shower, <laughs> like drain pubes. Yeah, that's my, that's my um, Your aesthetic. aesthetic. <laughs> I'm. I'm serving drain pubes. Swish, swish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else is shit about Sagittarians? Because remember, we're having to cut this shit down. And I feel quite hurt because I'm rising and moon. So I feel like quite hurt. Mm. They're I firing crazy. They're firing crazy. They're kind of always just jumping around. Yeah. I don't... They'll, they'll leave you at the drop of a hat, actually. They'll fall madly in love with you. And get And bored. then they'll fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> they'll just... yeah 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 i can see that happening oh i actually love sagittarians it's so funny i don't know that many we're not supposed to be bringing them up yet okay cool well yeah they're shit that's the format (laughs) i know i know i think it's just because we haven't done it for a month i'm just like yeah i'm just out the loop let me think what else is shit about sagittarians um not any of actually i think sagittarian nature can just be like summed up in the messiness of britney spears as in like 
everything I, about Britney Spears is sad as fuck. It's so sad. Like yeah. the fact she can't like people will stand Britney Spears to the ground, right? And I think she's and a there's perf- no reason for it. No, <laughs> no, there's plenty of reasons for it because do you know what? She was kind of dragged through the mud her entire life, yeah. and she's actually been treated really badly yeah. in so many ways. And she is a perfect example of someone who didn't actually crumble under you know, a sort of media storm of hatred. Mm-hmm. So for that, I'm it like... It could have been so much worse. They could have been so much worse. But so like The props, fact that she's alive... The fact that she's alive... Is insane. Miraculous. It's miraculous. Yeah. But, you know, for that, I'm like, great. Good for you, Brittany. You're alive. Well done for living through what, what we were... What could have we easily killed you. We were trying to kill you. Thanks for living through it. Yeah. Yeah? So she's a, for that, I'm like, <laughs> I actually really appreciate her. But let's not pretend she's talented. Apparently, she used to be... <laughs> Apparently she used to be. Let's ta- not pretend she's talented. No, no I'm just sick no, of people right. telling me that she's a good dancer. She's not good at dancing. No, I'm sorry. Anymore. Anymore. Did you? Did she, she used to be? She was once good at things. Honestly, I promise you. Really? Uh huh. Because I actually remember seeing a performance of her, and I think it was in 2006, and I was like, wow. There was a time when she was quite young. She was still like very agile, and she used to be able to, to do flips and all sorts of shit. And she had a really good body at one point, like like really like ridiculously overly like overly sculpted body she was like it was lovely but she was probably not eating properly and getting just forced to constantly work out and just yeah i I can tell that her life was pretty shit i just yeah and that's what you don't do to a sag actually no or anyone really well like a sag needs to be free you know Yes, apparently they like they enjoy stallion. work. They enjoy working mostly on their own. Mm-hmm. I've heard that like they don't like authority and they don't like being told what to do. Yeah. So I think they're they're kind of best working in sort of, con- like on their own. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they're stubborn. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's sort of wrap <laughs> up the episode. Um. So yeah, this is. I mean, let's try and like make it less more of a, a fortnightly thing again obviously with us both living in different cities it's slightly more difficult but we know we're going to establish some sort of a setup in glasgow so that whenever you know it'll be like sort of easier mm-hmm. to to do it you know every sort of two weeks but anyway this has been fun yeah and i think the next one will be our christmas episode yeah because this was kind of going to be our christmas episode but i actually think we could squeeze we decided to talk about the royal family instead so that's why it wasn't this is why it's not the christmas episode which means we'll need to actually put this out sooner than when we said but anyway christmas get excited get into it it's It's just gonna be an hour of me being like i fucking hate christmas same by the way like we're gonna grinch it right up if you like christmas probably not best to listen to we could turn a christmas look though we could like put lots of tinsel on. Goth Christmas, wear all black. <laughs> no, I'm totally happy to like get all tinselly and like wear like a Christmas jumper or something. Or we could try and reenact the Christmas um, jingle bell rock and um, Mean Girls outfit. Oh my god! No, thank. I mean, Ariana Grande already Ariana just, just did it. Did it and it's it was just really been well done. done. It was really well done. Yeah. I don't know if we could top it. We could try. No. No. Anyway, this has <laughs> been the tenth episode of Femfag and Negress. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.